To eclectic soul. So, but uh, what, yes. what are we doing today? <laughs> anyway, uh, this particular video is uh, our book series video book series. Yeah, we're continuing book series. <laughs> book series video. Our book club. We're doing our, our book, book club. club. Yeah, sessions that we've been doing, and um, this is going to be for chapters seventeen through thirty. Uh, no. We're not we're not to thirty yet, so seventeen to twenty nine technically, because we're starting thirty. Thirty, next, right? So. so, yes, we yes. ended on twenty nine for a court of wings and ruin. That's the book we are currently wings on. Wings and ruin. And in case this is your first time, I have I'm, read the complete series multiple times. Do we? Do we even say who we were? I'm Jen, and that is yes, and I'm Jen. Right. So just, just so I mean, I'm assuming that you guys have been following along. We're on yes, book three by yep. now, but just in case, mm -hmm. and because this is our first video podcast. Yeah, I'm um, Jen, and she's Jen. I, and yeah, please don't get us confused because <laughs> I'm the potty mouth one, and that's why we put a disclaimer that you know, please nobody under a certain age because uh, I don't need FCC to find me. <laughs> Because I dropped the bombs, baby. <laughs> the F-bombs. <laughs> so anyway, but yes. Um, so Jen has not read the series. This is no, her first time. It's my first series, time. Right? Yeah, first and time. And I have read the series multiple times. Yes. And we have been listening to the dramatization of the book Which together. is actually very interesting. Um, it paints a wonderful vision of what's going on, sometimes mm -hmm. a little too well. <laughs> and uh, I am, um, I, 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 I do blush an awful lot. <laughs> so it can be so naughty. So naughty. Oh. Yeah, it can. So, yes. And, and it we're was, not at book five yet. So. Yes, I know. And it was even naughty on the way home. Are we coming home? And I'm like, <laughs> It's like, oh my god, please, not now. <laughs> but there it be. Say lovey. <laughs> lovey. <laughs> so anyway, um, so like Jen said, we started at what chapter again? Sorry. <laughs> Seventeen. <laughs> Seventeen. And um I guess that's where we should start. Yeah, we'll start there and we'll, and we'll see where, where this discussion takes us. Yes. And sometimes we're all over the place. Yes. Because well, sometimes we get excited about certain things, yeah, especially because you haven't read it. Right. Um, and some things really pop out for me. Yeah. And plus, you guys don't know a whole lot about me. So I, I, <laughs> I'm sometimes that dog that sees the squirrel. <laughs> squirrel! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm highly functioned, but. <laughs> I have like probably 57 train tracks running around in my head and I'm all over the place so it's hard to keep everything in proper order <laughs> I get to what I need to do but it's like I, I, I'm that person I can't just read a book all the way through I have like 10 books I'm reading <laughs> it's like which is why we're listening right and, and, and we also like 
when we do these, we're like really fresh into like we just listened. Right. right. Pretty much, you know, anytime we're in the car, right, we listen, and so you know, when we talk about it, we get kind of involved in whatever the last thing was. That we right. Were doing. And and if we haven't gotten to a particular part of where um, stuck in the middle of the chapter or something, then we'll finish listen while we were eating dinner mm-hmm. or something here. And then we'll do the podcast recording because I don't want to forget much. Um, Plus you forget like the order. Right. And you know, I get it all jumbled up yeah. because I only, I speed read. So I only remember the best parts, the funny parts, uh-huh. or the parts that really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. So if something didn't stand out to me, but yet Jen grasped it, then she's going to bring it to my attention, and it's going to trigger me to go back, ah, oh yeah, da-da-da-da-da. And that's so, another reason why I think just listening to discussion, having discussions, listening to other people have discussions is good, because, yeah. you know, you, Fills in you the forget... I mean, even I forget, you know, I, you know, when you read something a year ago mm. or two years ago, you forget right. things. And there's all the little, you know, tiny scenes in there about history and stuff that, you, right. that people miss. Right. And it's also like watching a, a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to watch my favorite movies over and over again. And sometimes when you're watching that particular movie... And you haven't seen it in a while. You start seeing things that you didn't see. And it's just like reading a book. Because the book, you have read it so many times because it's your favorite book. But yet you may not have read it for like a year or two years. Mm-hmm. But you want to reread it again because it, you know, give you happy feel goods or something. Mm-hmm. And um, you go ahead and you get to a part. Well, you kind of know how that part goes. So you're like, oh yeah, I remember this. And then, oh, wait a minute, what was this? And something catches you. And it's like, I don't remember that. So then you start reading that page or that Mm -hmm. paragraph because you want to know where that something came in from. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute, I better go back and read a couple of pages. And then come back into it and find out where it is. So it takes you on a different journey. A lot, some people don't like to watch the same movie over and over again. And some people don't like to watch, revisit a book Mm -hmm. that they've already read. But this series, though, is one of those series where... You listen when you listen to the series for the first time once you get a particular perspective, but then when you go back and you reread it again, you notice all of the things, the underlying things that you're, we're missing. You connect the dots. Right. You see things a lot differently. You right. see things from different perspective. You notice a lot because the series has so much foreshadowing. Right. That totally completely goes over your head the first time you read it. So. Right. And it is interesting. Like, I read part of the first book, and then we started listening to the first book. But it was definitely a fairy tale, the first book was, mm-hmm. for me. So, um, and still, in a way, it is kind of a fairy tale, but it's not really a fairy tale. I mean, it's I mean, it's not a fairy tale. I mean, it's a fantasy it's, series. It's a fantasy, yes. But it's not a fairy tale. No, but there's still intricate parts there's but there's inspirations right from fairy tales and stuff in there but it's not written as a fairy tale no it's not written but like you'll you'll see a part of something that reminds you of sleeping beauty or something that reminds you yeah it's more of like yeah it's more of like kind of like um when people put ads and shows and stuff you know yeah you'll notice like (laughs) 
adverse. Yeah. Instead yeah. of it being like the whole plot or something. Right, like that. right. Yeah. But it, it, I think it's, I think it helps you find comfort in what you're reading. It's like, don't forget that some people see things one way, but you need to see things another. You need to see it with reality. Mm-hmm. You need to see it. And remember, this is a fantasy, but things can, things unseen and seen can be totally opposite mm-hmm. of what it is you actually are witnessing in front of you. This is actually a good segue into something that I wanted to talk about anyway. Oh, really? Um, well, we're planning on doing videos um, like we're going to actually record today, we're doing a narcissist video. Yes. Or yeah, the topic is narcissism. Right. Um, but we're using the book right series to talk about different psychological things. Um, and one of the topics that I was interested in doing was actually what we're what we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. which is the idea of the fairy tale. Ah. And the. What you uh, the re- the what you're talking about, reality versus the fantasy and the problems mm-hmm. with the fairy tale mm-hmm. because obviously fairy tale is a different different from fantasy right it, it because is. fantasy is more of like an umbrella term that you use for something not being in taking place in the real world right so like magic and you know, wizards or right. whatever you want to say but right. the plot could be anything right. right it's just a fantasy world where a right. fairy tale is specifically talking about the plot. Right. It doesn't it's not saying necessarily that it's a fantasy, but the plot is right. has a specific way it's gonna go about. It usually has like a moral, all that stuff. And I thought it would be interesting to add that to our list of videos mm. we could do in the future. Sure we could. When Jen and I work on a topic and we're doing psychology in our podcast uh, vlogs what it may be from this moment on, but what we've done in the past three years, um, we each do research. It's interesting what we both find because sometimes we don't even find the same stuff too. Mm-hmm. So Plus it makes the discussion better. Oh yeah. Because if you don't know what I'm going to say and you're not right. going to know, and I don't know what you're going to say, I might learn something. I'll have genuine reactions. Right. That kind of stuff. And that's what we want. We want to keep yeah. it genuine. We want to we want to be ourselves, our authentic selves when we're on video or, or audio recordings. So And we make these videos because, you know, it's good to have discussions about yes, things is. and try to understand you know, and I think that might be NI because we both have NI. Yeah, we're both If you guys follow the MBTI. Yeah. Um we started with chapter... 17. 17. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was um, them having dinner at the House of Wind. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the very first dinner that Nesta and Elaine... Well, Elaine's not there. It's the first dinner that Nesta and Lucian attend yes. with the inner circle. Yes. And, well, Elaine was invited, but she didn't want to yeah. leave her room. Right. And, and we understand why she doesn't yeah. want to leave her room. But that dinner was very um, <clears throat> interesting, to say the least. Yes, because, well, because you've got Nesta there, who mm-hmm. doesn't say much. No. But Lucian's also seeing the dynamic mm-hmm. that the inner circle has, and it's very different than the typical... Like, what he would imagine, which is, like, right. everyone has, like, you know, you have a rank, right. you know, and we have to uphold the rank, and we have to be very formal, right. and... 
They're not like like that at all. Right. They're he, all just family, and they. He wasn't expecting to see a family. He was mm-hmm. expecting to see officers in their ranks and the leader and da 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 da. You know, thinking that it it would be um, a, a type of military structure. He was a, a yeah. guest, but yeah, at what cost? For one. And, um, you know, was he allowed to move about? I mean, even, like, where people sat, right? Right. Like, people just sat wherever, and then, like, he didn't know where to sit because he thought the only... There was, like, two chairs left. One was by Nesta, and then there was one at the head of the table, and Mm -hmm. he was like... you know, shouldn't Reese sit at the head of the table because he's the high lord and he just he's and, like, I don't care. And Reese doesn't care. So because... Lucian ends up sitting there. Right. And everyone just wears what they want, right? right? Some people are really dressed up. Some people look really casual. Some people are wearing fighting attire. And I mean, they're just themselves. Yeah. It's just themselves. It's a family sitting down to eat and just being themselves. And that's not something he was used to. You know, his home in Autumn Court was evidently very strict, and he was not treated very kindly. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the stuff I found out just recently, and we'll touch base with mm-hmm. that. But, you know, then going to Spring Court and being with Tamlin, you know, he was the only other person that sat at the table with Tamlin. So, you know, of course, it's going to be different at all three courts. Mm -hmm. You know, he was treated poorly at Autumn Court. He was treated okay at Spring Court because they talked business over their meals. And then now here he is. He's with a family of friends that... All work together. They all have rank. Mm-hmm. They all have a title. But yet they sit down at a table side by mm-hmm. side with one another and they're eating dinner. And then Reese just lays out the food, you know, just eat, enjoy. And and even the way that they talk to one another. Right. I mean, they just they come out and they say whatever they they yell, they curse at each other. There's, I mean, they're not, <laughs> yeah. they're not holding any no. kind of rank whatsoever. No, no. It's, it's because that leaves when you get in the door. You know, when you're inside the house, you're family. Mm-hmm. The only time anyone pulls rank is Reese if he's given them orders and it's time for them to do something. But when they sit down, I've noticed that when they yeah. do sit down for meals, there's no rank. It, it's everyone's family. Everyone's eating with mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and loved ones. Mm-hmm. So, And really the dinner, I think, is just kind of like, it's almost like a setup to what kind of happens in the chapters that we read right for this particular episode which is kind of discussing what their plans are mm-hmm. going forward um because we do know there's going to be some sort of a conflict or war or something that's going to happen eventually mm-hmm. um and they talk about the high lord meeting mm-hmm. and how they need to get all the high lords together and kind of talk to see who's you know are they going to side with them are right they side with Hiram? what are they going to do um we also find out that um uh, Nesca can possibly po- patch the walls up. Right. Um, and so, you know, Amron decides that she's going to train Nesta, and I think they talk about that at the meeting, I believe. 
Um, so they just, I think the dinner is just basically them just kind of laying out what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, just to figure out some way to, to, to make it better for them because right now they're not, it doesn't look too good because we, you know, we know from the earlier in the book, the last episode we recorded, mm-hmm. that uh, Hybern has a lot of troops. Oh, yeah. Way more than they can handle right now. No. And they also have the cauldron. Yes. um, Which is one of those players that you just don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, And we also know that they're trying to take the wall down, too, with the cauldron. Right. And uh, so you have that as well. And so they really need all the help they can get. Right. I don't remember. I think it's after the meeting sometime. When Feyre tells Reese that they should go to the Bone Carver, it's not at the meeting, but I think it's shortly after that. I do remember that um, because she's thinking, well, maybe we need something, right? So maybe we can we can look to like scarier <laughs> creatures to help out, right? Right. Um, and they go to the prison. Her and Cassian go to the prison. Yes. Um, and and she sees something different this time. No, she sees the same. Young boy. I think he's like eight. He's got um, dark hair and he's got like really, really blue eyes. The, the way she describes him this time is a lot different than the first no, time in fact, to me. When Feyre walks in, she even says, I'd never noticed it the first time. Oh, see, I didn't catch that. See? <laughs> but yeah, I mean... It's an interesting, uh, we'll have to compare, like, off, because obviously I'm not going to look that up right, right now, right, right. but right. we should look up and compare the two descriptions, because I do remember the first time, the first book, it was, he did have, it was like an eight-year-old boy with uh, dark hair and, and vivid blue eyes, but it would be interesting to see the difference, if there is a difference with the description, but maybe it's because Feyre's viewing it differently, too. Because we're be. seeing it but through her eyes. She now knows that that's that. Well, before when the first time she went in there, she didn't know Reese was her mate. Right now, Reese is her mate, and now I guess the pattern is clicking. You know that oh. she she goes in and she sees how much the boy looks like Reese. Reese and her and her yeah that's right yeah her father. And her father, yeah. Her yeah, father. and which and that means right. her. Um, and then that then she understands that she must be seeing her son, her child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's just that kind of blew my mind, and and then and it's of course like, I've been I, I like uh, Jen's read the book, so Jen doesn't look at me when I make this comment. But so far, I have picked up on her saying, I, you know, I need to stop this nauseous, or I'm nauseous. Well, but I kind of ruined that for you, because yeah, I showed you fan. I, I, I know, but I don't know when it's happening. But I'm just going based on yeah. what I'm hearing. And then, what was the last thing I was said that she... The nauseousness, and then there was something else that she's just recently said. Well, she's tired. Last two to- yeah, that she was really tired. But I don't remember specifically. Yeah, and, and there was said. something, uh, and because you had to pause the well, yeah, you thing because say something. I was like, because that makes me think she's pregnant now by well, just what she's going through. You know, she's tired, she's nauseous, and there was one other thing, and damn it, now yeah. I can't remember. But it's a good example of foresh- foreshadowing in general yeah. because the, all the books have this type of foreshadowing. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, you now know she's going to have a son because the bone carver right, showed right, it. Right. That you have all these symptoms and things. And then, of course, I showed you some fan art. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, well, um, yeah. Well, one is Reese holding yeah. a baby. Ipsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. I didn't say nothing. You didn't hear nothing. But, um, but I don't it, is, know. it is a good example of foreshadowing. Right. Because this section even though you might have caught on mm-hmm. in the in the third book if you remember when going back to the second book you didn't know what the boy was no i didn't so, but this is what i'm saying like she knew the author knew right when she did that 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 was going to be their son so the foreshadowing was even before you know before yeah. that so it's just it's it's, it, it's cool that that's why i said it's the series is very good to reread Yes. Because you see things differently when you right. read that. And, and that's, yeah. and I, I get that. I get that now, yeah. you know. Um, How did the bone carver, we have to, oh. the bone carver visit was. That was so freaky. Um, he, he, he acts like he really doesn't want to come out of there. He doesn't. No. He, he, we, we find out that he actually got he, caught on purpose. purpose. To be put in there so his brother and sister couldn't kill him right and so. almost he almost kind of has like and again I, a sad storyline yeah like i get the feeling that he's just kind of like i don't really want to live anymore to be honest yeah. but because he is so old he has he's just kind of stuck in life in life he, i don't think he really even knows like how to die in a sense you know what i right. mean he's just kind of there well, he's, he's existing right he's just existing in that mountain with within stone walls that, mm-hmm. you know, that's all he can do is be in there, you know, and think and, and sleep and whatever they feed them, I don't know. And he doesn't want to come out. I mean, no, they, he doesn't. that was what they, they wanted to bargain with him. Right. So that he, he would assist in, 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 in the war mm-hmm. and they would let him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't want to come out. No. And so what does he want? Well, he wants the one thing that they're not going to be able to achieve getting unless they are willing to lose themselves. Right. But but they don't know that at the time. Right. So he wants the Ouroboros mirror. Right. And we learn later on what exactly the Ouroboros mirror is. Right. But, and I guess we'll talk about that when we get to that point in the plot. But Yeah. Um, but that's it. Yeah. He And I'm assuming he wants it because I guess it's like a window. He can like view things while he's still in prison or something. Right. But um, that's pretty much it, and then they leave. Yeah. And the whole time, Castan's got like his hand on her, holding her in case that he has to get her out of there mm-hmm. fast enough. Because they don't know what to expect. They from don't him. know what to expect, and they don't. They're also in a prison. There's a lot of other creatures in there. Right. Right. Um, Cassian, you find out also put a lot of the creatures that are in the prison. Oh Some yeah. Of them, some yeah. of them are so old that they don't even know how they got into the prison. <laughs> that cracks me up. And I'm just like, how do you not know how you got put in there? It's like because they were they were not alive at the time. Oh, it's that. I mean, the, the creatures are. Some of them are that old. The bone carvers thousands of years old. Yeah. So a lot of the fae are weren't alive during that time. 
Uh, but so this is true. Their ancestors. Yeah, were but alive. they. I can understand the Fae not knowing, but oh no, the, the, the creatures the know. The, the Fae don't. But know. they should ask them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they're going to be truthful and modest all the time. Oh, come on! It, what, it's just a day to like you know kill some time. <laughs> so, I mean, I would be curious, like who's who in there. What they did, what oh, gosh. could they? There could do? be a, probably an entire book written just about the. I know, but like the story, the, the storybook, hint, all about the hint, histories. Hint. No, you know what I really want though. What? I really, really want her to redo. The, I want her to to rewrite a book, the first book of the series, but from Reese's perspective. It'd be a totally different book. Oh, it would be. it'd be all under the mountain. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay, that was so, a side story. Uh, um, so they they get done with him, and she's like, okay, well, we get it, then... She's totally planning on right. doing it. Right, and then they leave, they come out of the mountain, and Reese shows up, grabs them, and windows away with them. And they talk about it a little bit. I guess we can jump to the Court of Nightmares because that's what I have next on my list anyway. Okay. So they're going to the Court of Nightmares again. <laughs> the first time we went to the Court of Nightmares, that was a fun listen, wasn't it? Oh, that, that. And the book two? Uh, pretty sexy. Oh, oh. I'm very excited to see this on screen. Oh. Anyway, um. Oh my god. TV show. Um, but yeah. anyway. They go to the Court of Nightmares um, to talk to Kier, mm-hmm. who is Moore's father, mm-hmm. and he is the steward of the Hewn City, which is the city that is under the, it's under the mountain, but it's not the under the mountain. Right. Um, and they're going there to see if they can convince him to let uh, Reese use his army mm-hmm. to assist in the war. Mm-hmm. And... The reason why they have to get his permission is because Reese's ancestors made an agreement with the Court of Nightmares that uh, they wouldn't basically interfere with the outside world mm-hmm. um, if they didn't have to follow. Or the army was basically separate. So the army is not under c- c- Reese's control or whoever the High Lord is at the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's a separate entity. So that was the arrangement, and so that is why he has to go and get permission from Kier to use the army. Um, a very different entrance. So we know that Kier only puts out one throne. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. And he did it on purpose, obviously. It's an insult to her. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows that they're mated, and everybody knows that she's the high lady now, and they they purposely only put out one throne. So what does Reese do? He, he lets, lets her sit on the throne, and he sits on the arm of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, some of the uh, fae that are living in the court of nightmares they they use their powers on her, and she attacks them back. She attacks them. Yes. Probably thinking that she's super weak. Right. And of course, we know from the Court of Nightmares, it's all... They have to show a, uh, a front a to show that they're in power. Because right. they're evil and 
They they will just pounce on any anybody who's weak. Right. And she makes the one whimper. She mm-hmm. makes one pass out, and she makes one run for his, their life. <laughs> yeah. Which I find kind of funny. <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, the, and then there's Reese, a party. <laughs> right. And then Reese goes, I'll let you, I'll let you, I guess, live with the fact that you regretfully forgot to place two. It's like it was a last minute thing. Yeah. I will forgive you this time. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I wouldn't have forgotten that. <laughs> I would have killed his ass I think right he there prob- on the you know, spot. He probably would have, except he wa- probably just wanted to get this stupid thing over with. Right. Like, they're there for a reason. And so he's just like, let's just yeah. get to this thing, you know? So. And then, because of what she did, uh, Morg was there with Nesta. They walked in. Yes. And, and um, Amron, right? Or it, was Amron No, right? I don't think Amron went. I don't know. Or was it Amron well, and I think Amron took her to that... Thing with the treasures and stuff, right? But, but that you find out later. But no, Nesta was there because Nesta asked her. Yeah, what Nesta did you and Amra, I think. Didn't Amra lead her into the? Maybe someone left. Uh, now I'm now more now more is with them when they go into the meeting, and I okay. think Amra and Nesta go separately because Amra's testing her. Right. But you don't Nesta, know about it at the time because it's from Feyre's right. perspective. But Nesta <coughs> asked Feyre, you know, Feyre. Did you, did you, did you guys, yeah, you know, just like, how could you do that, you know? <laughs> just, she was surprised and stunned, I think, about what she Well, did. she was surprised probably because it's the first time being in the Court of Nightmares and she's seeing how everyone's acting. Right. They're acting not themselves. They're acting like assholes. And she's never seen <laughs> her sister be yeah. mean. That's yeah. not her nature. Mm-hmm. And so, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was... I would have killed him, though. I would have smited his butt right then there. <laughs> Only because I don't like him. He's oh, a he's an ass. jerk. Yeah, he is an ass. He, he's, in my book, a prick. <laughs> but, <laughs> or actually, my my made-up mm-hmm. fuck twat. <laughs> but they after that, they go um, into the conference room. Mm-hmm. And they have a meeting. Mm-hmm. And so it's here... Mm-hmm. More. Mm-hmm. Asriel. Mm-hmm. Feyre and Reese. Mm-hmm. And they have one empty chair. They have one empty chair. And <sighs> they're obviously Kier is not gonna he's basically like, no, I'm not gonna give you my army. Yeah. And then uh, and then of course Reese calls somebody else in. And yes. we see that it's Eris. Uh. And of course Reese didn't tell anybody there that he had well actually Asriel knew. Asriel did because he got caught by him. Right. And that's the reason why Eris is there. So he didn't tell anybody because there's a lot of bad blood mm. from the past between him and Asriel and more. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is there because Kier will more likely want to say yes because mm-hmm. Eris is, is there. And Eris is the heir to the Autumn Court. And it has to do with the ties that were going on in the previous war, because Kier was also in that war as well as Eris and his father. And so it has to do with, like, he's been using it as a manipulation. Mm. Um, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. But Kier does say yes, but he has a request. Request. Right. And that that is to get, what was it? He wants access to Valaris. That's right. 
And why would this be? Because he wants to piss off his daughter. Because he <laughs> because he just doesn't really care about his daughter? No, he doesn't. No, because he's a fuck twat. He is. So yeah, he doesn't care about his daughter. No. He never has. No. And it's also to get back at her too. Because if the whole thing with the bad blood has to do with her when she was younger. He, she, she was supposed to be married off. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the women, the women were property, and uh, he was. She was supposed to be married off to Eris. Eris was. He's the heir to the Autumn uh, Court, mm-hmm. and um, she basically, you know, she was a virgin at the time, and then she sleeps with Cassian to get out of the marriage. This horrible stuff was done to her. I'm trying to make this kind of concise, right, 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 but. Um, she was like abandoned in the woods, you know. She, she physically was, was, yeah. She was beaten. She was mistreated. She had like a, a note or whatever, like it, with an arrow, like on her heart or something yeah. attached to her heart or something. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, she was, barely survived. Yeah, yeah, it was um, bad. Yeah, so there's a lot of issues going on with them. Um, and Mora's really upset that Eris would, is there. Uh, She's really, really upset at Reese. I don't, I don't blame her. I, I don't blame her. And of course, I, she doesn't understand what's going on in this in the, at the time. No one at the she time. She doesn't understood. realize that Asriel got caught. He was, he had he went to the Autumn Court to erase the memories of all of the brothers that were chasing Lucian and Feyre mm-hmm. at the beginning of this book. Because they saw her use her powers. Right. And so he went there to erase all their memories. Well, Eris apparently has been practicing his mental shields. And he was not able to be altered mentally. Mm. And Where the other two boys were. They were, yes. And, and Eris caught him. And so they had to come up with some sort of an arrangement. And that is why... They're having this meeting. And Eris even said that... Is- he knew he had been practicing it. He had been learning it. He'd been doing it every day mm-hmm. to make it strong. And he says, it's a shame he didn't teach his two brothers that. Right. And then that's, um, I guess, uh, as the, he continued talking, we also found out that I think it was at that time that if it wasn't for him, Lucian would probably, was, probably wouldn't have been alive. Right. So you get kind of hinted at that there's, there's a story there. That right. we don't know. Right. There, uh, he's a little bit more of a complicated character. We don't know exactly what happened that night. Mm-hmm. Um, all we know is that she was supposed to marry him. Mm-hmm. We know that he probably wasn't the one that did that to her. Like, it was probably an assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know exactly what happened. Right. Um, we also know that he is a little bit more cunning. And mm-hmm. he has a little bit more intellectual capabilities than mm-hmm. his father. Right. Because... He even says, you know, if my father found out, he would just kill you all. Right. But he's like, that's not really smart. He's like, I, you know, this is really good information. I can use this information. Right. I'm not just going to kill you just because I'm mad because you have my powers. Right. You know, so that kind of shows you his character a little bit, that he's a little bit more, you know, intelligent. Than right. His, his father is just kind of this angry asshole. You right. Know? Well, yeah. He's, <laughs> uh, oh, he's an older yeah. fay and... You know, he's been through a lot, but, mm, I mean, he did kill 
was it him or killed two of his other sons? Who killed two of his other sons? I thought when they, when Lucian was sent to Tamlin and he tried to get the word to Tamlin. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was part was of Arius' story. Arius' story that two other brothers were killed there, too, because I guess there was seven of them and two yeah. were missing. Yeah. And there was five left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that's, it's, that's just so sad, though. Your family and you act like that. The Court of Foxes. <laughs> well, they are <laughs> Kixime. You can't trust the Kixime. But, um... But anyway, so Kira agrees, mm -hmm. and he's going to have access to Valaris, mm -hmm. but Reese says it's only going to be under certain conditions, right. right? And he had met with the heads of the different parts of Valaris, the, the, like the, the governors or something, yeah. um, to kind of talk about what they the were going to do. The shop owners and stuff, the ones over the shop owners, ones over lodging, and to make sure that there's nothing available for them when they're there. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. there's no room at the tables, there's no room at the sleep, you, you know, just, so their stay is very short. Right. Right. But still, and, and, and I think that they're only allowed to be there, like, at certain times. Like, they right. just, they don't have, like, open access to Valaris. It's just... Right. Specific times, specific yeah. days, something like that. Right. Um, of course, Moore is really, really upset. She's upset that Eris is there. She's upset that he's allowing... The people, her family and her people, because she's from the Court of Nightmares, mm -hmm. into Valaris. Mm -hmm. So she's just really upset. But she looks at Valaris as her home and her city now. Well, she looks at it as a sanctuary. Yeah, because she's she's remember the other, the other part of the inner circle. They're not from the Court of Nightmares. They're right. totally different. Not that they had good backstories because they don't. Right. But she grew up there. She grew up in the the Hume city. Yeah. You know and. Uh, so Valaris is like opposite, completely opposite right. to that. Yeah, it's freedom. Freedom! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, this, this, I, I do believe this part of the book was like the most saddest for me so far. With more in that. With more, yeah, because like it, it, you know, with that narrating it, it was like the tears just kept flowing and there was really nothing anyone could do to, like, shut them off until the other girl spoke up and got in between them. And and I think in the moment she felt betrayed. Obviously well, later on she, damn, re I, she realizes why. Because, again, she well, doesn't... Because he finally went to her the next morning and told her right, everything right. and then apologized. Yeah. And this is, well, this is what happened. This is what I had to do at the spare of the moment. But sometimes the spare of the moment things, you still have to give someone yeah. a head. He should have. He should have, yeah. I mean, I under kind of understand why he didn't because he was trying to avoid her having an issue before they got there. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, yeah. Um, the other thing that happens is the Ouroboros mirror. So this is where we find out about it. Oh, What yes. it actually is. Oh, yes. So, here's like, you can have it. Because Fravor basically just asks him flat out, like, I need the Ouroboros mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And Which he has. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you can have it if you can take it. Right. 
but apparently in order to take it you must look into it and nobody survives looking into it mm, as of yet as of yet yeah because supposedly it makes you go crazy mm-hmm. yep and we all we know is the only person that has ever owned it and has been able to own it is the weaver um, and we know that she used to be a queen mm. and she is the bone carver's sister mm-hmm. and she, her character now reminds me of the wicked, uh, the the evil queen from Snow White. Yeah, because she was like really, you know, she kills people to stay young. Mm-hmm. And when she was a queen, she was supposed to be like very beautiful, and she mm-hmm. used the mirror. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it just reminds me. Yes, reminds no, me I get it. There's yeah. like different parts of fairy tales in this, mm-hmm. and that to me is the biggest fantasy part of them all. You know, because. It reconnects you with innocence. Mm-hmm. It reconnects you with how you felt when you were younger and the first time that you witnessed the Disney movies and or had someone read the books mm-hmm. to you, whether it was Grimm Brothers' actual true stories or there were books that were rewritten by Disney which made them a lot nicer and cleaner because we know that the Grimm Brothers' stuff is really dark mm-hmm. and deep. But um, I, I still, I would have, I, I would have killed the one and then I would have beat the crap out of Reese and Mr. Shadow. That's <laughs> real? Yeah, because they just... One, he shouldn't have gotten caught, and yeah. two, Reese gave them a heads up, saying, just, even, even if he didn't say who it was, he should have said, look, trust me, something's going to happen at dinner, I can't tell you everything, I will explain later, just go with the emotions. Well, at dinner, he did that, that hadn't happened yet, I don't think. No, but I mean, like, before they went into oh, yeah, they should, that he court. Have, yeah, he should have at least told more the incident. Like, Asriel got caught. We had to figure out some way around this. This is, you're not going to like this, blah, blah, blah. But just go with it, right. you know, and be, but not tell her everything so she has a genuine yeah. reaction to it. Yeah. So it still works out for them. But at least she knows something's up. And even though she's pissed, even though she will cry, even though she may have done this, she ha- would have more control over what she was feeling. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't hurt as much. Right. Right. Because I'd rather be hurt with the truth than hurt with a lie. You hurt me with a lie, that is like the lowest blow you mm-hmm. can do to me. But if you tell me something truthfully and even though it may hurt me but I will give you more trust for being so honest with me because it's raw and it is a lot easier for me to process it than it is for a lie because then I have to figure out well why did you lie to me why didn't you and then I have Mm -hmm. to keep asking you questions and then it just makes matters worse so just hurt people with the truth don't hurt them with a lie type deal yeah, this thing keeps turning off because... It's because we're talking too long. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Yes. 
Um, they're not going to do anything with the Ouroboros mirror right now. Nope. Um, Feyre is focusing on fighting, so she's learning how to fight. And fly. And fly. So Cassian is teaching her fighting. And, and she was doing that in the beginning, uh, the other book too, the, right, the right. second book. But she's continuing. Well, uh, flying, no. The, no, the flying, no. But Ca- Cassian and her have been training. Been training And she's continuing that. Um, and then also, she's learning how to fly. Yeah. And that is going wonderfully. Yes. Running into this tree and that tree and getting splinters. And then it leads us to that one moment in the car. Well, you're, you're getting too far. Okay. I know, but I can't help it. But it's, anyway. Um, eh. But there is one interesting thing out of her flying lessons that I want to bring up. Because it does play into the plot later. So I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that is Azriel tells her a story. <gasps> yes. And... I'm not going to go into the whole story right, right now. Right, we'll right, just right. try to cover some of the things. Mm-hmm. But he talks about um, on the continent. So if you look at the map of Prithian, if you have a book, there's maps and all the books. There's an, a section that's not part of the courts. It's called the continent. It's on the, across the sea. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells a story about Draken and Miriam, which we heard about in the other book, mm-hmm. the second book. Um where Miriam is the other character who's like Feyre, right? Mm-hmm. She was made into a fae. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he basically explains that Drake and Miriam are mates. And during the war, um, Drake had um, a legion of seraphim, which are basically fae that have, like, angel kind of looking wings. Yeah. Um, and... They had parted the sea, <laughs> and Miriam basically was going to die. I think she had, like, a sword or something. Was it a sword? I don't remember. Anyway, she was pierced. Her body was pierced through. Right. And I guess Draken thought she was. She had made it out, and her friend, Nafel, um, was a, a cartographer, because she wasn't able to fight in the in the legion, she's a seraphim, and because she has a deformed wing, and it, and her wings were too small, mm-hmm. and um, she wasn't able to really, she wasn't a strong flyer, and you know she can't lift stuff, and right, um, but she's the one that actually saves Miriam, so she gets she knows that Miriam is still there. She pulls her out before the sea comes back in. Mm-hmm. And she basically gets her out of there and takes her back and saves her life. And um, so he uses that, Azrael uses that story to tell Feyre that that's why she should keep trying, trying, even though she basically sucks at flying at this point, right? And she's probably not going to be flying with the Illyrians in the battles no. during the war because she's just not strong enough. But it doesn't matter because you never know. She might be able to use her flying ability at some point. Who knows? Yeah, it was, it was, I think her statement was is to be able to use it to get away if she had to get away. Right. And that's understandable because what if she gets stuck in a situation where she can't willow out, but yet she gets sprout her rings mm-hmm. because she has to get them to come out and, you know, shapeshift into mm-hmm. that and then be able to take off. And just shape-shifting that, then someone doesn't know that she has them, mm-hmm. is enough to startle them enough to step back away from her that she could probably get away by flying away. 
And if they don't have wings, they can't chase her. So I could see that, mm -hmm. but yeah, I can't see her going in battle no. with the but rest it's, of them. But it's also, <coughs> sorry, it's also has to do with weaknesses, right? Right. So it's like, just because somebody might, you might, might you know, not be as strong or, you know, isn't the most important person to, you know, whatever's going on, doesn't mean that they won't have that vital moment or the, have that, that one thing that they were not known for. Right. To actually do something or help something in, right. in a situation. Right. So that was a really important scene. And of course, I've read the series already, so I'm, I'm mentioning that because, you know, yeah, it plays out. And then also, it's just good to have a reminder of these characters again. Because they were mentioned, not in a fell, but Miriam and Draken were mentioned in book two. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like reintroducing their characters, and also it's kind of introducing Nafal's character as well. So just so that you kind of know for future mm -hmm. that that might play out. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but anyway, <laughs> that was an interesting story. Yes, it was. Um, oh, excuse me. Huh. And then the other thing that happens is Elaine storyline. Mm. So Elaine has been a recluse, basically. She's been sad. In the beginning, when she first came mm -hmm. to the night court, she would just sit and stare out a window and not mm -hmm. really talk to anybody. She really didn't eat. Mm -hmm. She's slowly, I mean, you can, she's at least talking to people. She's leaving her room. Um, they no longer live at the House of Wind anymore. Her and Nesta were moved to, to the, the townhouse. townhouse. Um, and Elaine seems to be doing a little bit better there because yeah. she's actually coming out. Of her room. I mean, right. She's not like, you know, woohoo to everybody. Right. Knows, she comes out, she wanders down the stairs, she'll go out to the garden. Um, Nesta's actually gotten her to drink some broth, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. But they, while at the townhouse and after this little thing that took place at night court, um, they get. A healer that healed Cassidy and and Reese and Reese and probably everybody <laughs> and, and the, the dudes um, Azrael Azrael he got stabbed but he was the one that got stabbed through the heart yeah right mm -hmm. she healed all of them this healer came to take care, to see what's wrong with Elaine and there's nothing wrong with her she's just depressed and what is wrong with her she can't see because it was made by the cauldron right right and Feyre trusts her because she's never seen a fey that old which right. means that she's got to be really old right right because fey age so slowly, slowly. and yeah. this one it, it like uses i think a walking stick to walk <laughs> yeah so she's she's up there but yeah the fact that you know she looks into the body. She checks the body all out, which to me is like a form of Reiki. You know, she's scanning <laughs> the body. Yeah. And then she scans the mind, and she finds nothing. Nothing. At all that's wrong with her. And nine times out of ten, when sometimes we do get locked inside our minds mm -hmm. when we deal with depression or have triggers or mm -hmm. something like that, or a trauma happens, and it... It's difficult to move past that trauma. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to let someone who has a delicate touch help you get past that. Right. And even though 
Lucian is her mate. I have noticed that when Ezrael mm -hmm. talks, she listens. Mm -hmm. She responds to him. It's like she senses the type of person that he is because she sees things. She feels things. And I think she feels the other queen. I, I think you're right. I'm obviously, I know. But right. I'm saying, like, I think you're on to the right conclusions. I mean, Asriel... I, I think she understands Asriel because Asriel is very similar to her mm -hmm. he is very introverted he's very quiet he doesn't say very much mm -hmm. she is kind of the same way mm -hmm. um and he also has a lot of trauma i'm not saying right. the other ones don't no but he has a different kind of trauma right um he knows what it is to be locked up and i think they i think she she senses that i think she connects with that um and then also um she does say some very unusual things, right? And and people think she's maybe Crazy. not all there. And um, I wanted to read a couple of things she says. Okay. So one of the things she says is twin ravens are coming, one white and one, one black. black. Right. And another thing she says is, I saw a box of black stone. I saw a feather of fire land on snow, snow. and melt it. Yes, okay. I remember that. So, I don't know how much to say, but you can kind of see that maybe there's something mm. to it. So, maybe she's not, like, 100% insane. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems very odd that she's she saying... She's having visions. So there's, yeah, she, there's got to be something interesting to what she's saying. Right. Um, nobody really has any clue why she's saying any of the things she's saying no. or what any of because it Because I, I think it was Azrael that asked her, what did you see? And she mm -hmm. stopped going up the steps and turned around yeah. and told him does the exact same things. Right. And it's interesting that she did say that because it, it, each, she'd say one thing, hesitate, say another thing, hesitate, say the last thing. And then turn around and went upstairs. And I'm sitting there going, wow, those are visions. Mm -hmm. She's seeing stuff that's going to happen. So. And she, yeah, and you, and you you mentioned the queen. Queen. Right. And, and, because there's a section where she talks about her. Right. Just her. Right. Right. Um, and then something about like some other person, like their hands, like aging. Or, aging. Right. Or something like that. And so. Yeah, there's. I mean, she says a lot of things, and you're kind of right. like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. I wonder what, what that means. But, you know, to me, she's having visions. She's getting imagery of stuff that's going to take place mm -hmm. or may have already taken place. You know, it's hard to say because you don't know what, if she's seeing things from the past. And I'm not saying the past past, but, like, past, like, couple weeks past mm -hmm. or the present or she's seeing something that's going to happen tomorrow or in the future right and so it, it just I, now I'm curious because I think she needs to start eating more I think she needs to start talking more mm -hmm. 
And I think she needs to start writing this stuff down because I think more and more clues would come into play because of it. Mm -hmm. I think she's on to something. But then, as, you know, with the um, woman said that left, the healer, mm -hmm. she said that her mate needed to be with her and talk with her. Maybe he can get through her through the bond. Mm -hmm. And when he tried to talk to her to the bond, and he barely touched the bond that's tied to her, tied to a rib, I think he said. Was it a rib? Well, she said that it felt like he was like pulling but on a rib, I guess. Oh. And he just barely tugged at it. Barely tugged at it. And, you know, it was enough to get her attention. Yeah. But it freaked everybody else out. Well, mainly Nesta. Because that's just who she is. But, you know, but he didn't want to upset her. He never wants to upset her. He loves right. her. And I think he needs to keep working with her. And I think they need to be that one-on-one. -on -one. And I think he needs to, like, sit down and eat in front of her and say, hey, why don't you come over here and try this? Or, you know, yeah. and, and have food. I think she needs to walk in that library that's where he needs to eat his lunch and smell the food and eat because she's no one's take i you, you don't read where people take a plate of food up to her because sometimes just the smell of something you like even though you're not hungry and you while well, you say you're not hungry something from your past that you really enjoyed could trigger a memory of something that oh that smells good. Oh, that made me happy, you know. And you may want mm -hmm. to eat it. Yeah. And when you start eating a little more and you start feeling a little better and you have a little more energy and it starts getting the juices flowing in your head mm -hmm. and you start going outside more and you start moving around, you're changing the endorphins and stuff in your head that you want to start being able to open up and talk to people you're not keeping a guard up all the time and you will choose certain people to let in to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And if it's someone who's being very kind and loyal, it could be very well as well in the beginning, but turns out to be Lucia because that's her mate or it could be both of them. They both could sit down and have lunch with her mm -hmm. and get her to, you know, start yeah. opening, but something needs to give with that. Yeah, and I do see a lot of parallels between her and Feyre. Um, obviously, they're very, very different people. Mm -hmm. But I think the same thing applies because, you know, they both have that, they have some sort of a trauma that happens. Mm -hmm. It is related to a relationship, mm -hmm. even though they're totally different situations. Yes, yes. But a lot of her, Elaine's depression is because she's in love with this guy who she can't be with anymore, right? No. And, uh... Because he would kill her. Because well, he doesn't like Well, father would at least kill her. Yeah. Right? And, uh, so, I mean, I think that's where her depression stems from. Mm -hmm. And also, the problem with Lucian, that, and, and again, this I think this is where Nesta's issue is, is Lucian is the enemy, right? Because right, Lucian because... assisted Tamlin, and the whole reason why they're in this situation is because of Tamlin. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of anger there like Lucian right. basically helped Tamlin abduct them mm -hmm. and it, so it's like you know and that, he even apologized yeah he, he does. says that's not what I, 
Right. Because I, I never intended for you to be hurt like mm -hmm. that. And he didn't, you know, and I don't think he was told clearly everything because Tamlin's that person. He he does not tell everyone everything. And sometimes you wonder, is Reese a little bit but like that? But it's the way Reese kids around, talks, explains, confesses, and treats. That makes you realize he is not like Tamlin. Well, Tamlin, it's not really about secrets with Tamlin. Tamlin is not a very crafty He's individual. He's not smart. It's more like, I'm going to do this thing, and I don't really care what you think about it. That's right. that's more Tamlin. Right. right. It, it's a secret to us because we were from listening from Favor's perspective. Right. Favor didn't know that Tamlin was doing this. Right. But I guarantee you, Lucian knew the entire time that Tamlin was going to do this. Because Tamlin does not... He's, he, he's not a really super secretive person. He just does what he wants to do, and he's not really going to care whether you like it or not. Because mm. he does what he wants because he's a narcissist. <laughs> I do what I want because I'm tired of your bullshit. <laughs> but I think the same things apply in Feyre's situation mm -hmm. than they do in Elaine's situation. Oh, of course. Feyre looked like crap. She looks really skinny. Um, she had wanted absolutely nothing to do with Reese because she was in love with Tamlin. Right. Um... And it but, took a while, and mm -hmm. she needed to start getting out and doing things. Mm -hmm. And so that started changing her perspective. She wasn't painting. Elaine's mm -hmm. not gardening. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, there are these these parallels where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, the slow progression of she needs to start doing the things that she used to, she loves doing. Right. And starting to interact and, right. and that sort of thing. Right. When you start doing things that make you happy then you become a better person. You become a more happy person. You become a more relaxed person. You become a more open person. So that's what I'm, I'm hoping for her. I'm hoping that she's able, and I still think that, you know, this is, let me finish what I'm saying, that she'll be able to be more herself mm -hmm. or close to like herself. That way when she, gets the visions and she sees what it is that she can share that in the moment and let someone know I'm seeing this because I think she has a particular gift because I think the cauldron gave her a gift and gave Nesta a gift. Well, actually, we do find out a little bit about that because it's part of what Elaine says. Elaine says that the... And we're assuming it's the queens, the queens that were there that night, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were supposed to go into the cauldron after. Mm -hmm. She says that they they took payback on them because something was taken from the cauldron on purpose. So hmm. Nesta went, remember, because Elaine went in first, mm -hmm. and then Nesta went in, and then the queens were supposed to go in after because they were supposed to show that it worked, right? Mm -hmm. So if you listen to what Elaine said... That's, you would assume that they're talking about Nesta. So mm. Nesta stole something because she was angry <laughs> at her situation. She literally stole something from the cauldron. So whatever power she has, the cauldron did not give her. And the cauldron is now missing that power. And anyone who went in after Nesta is now getting karma, basically. They're getting payback. That's what Elaine's little thing was about. Oh. Hmm. Because see, Nesta, if 
people think that Nesta has the gift of death. Right. Which she, now, now you know, stole from the cauldron. She will smite those that... Now she doesn't know how to use any of her powers, no. and she's not really, she's kind of a pain, to, you know, to get her to do anything. I know, right? She's so angry about everything, Yeah, you know, but... She just needs a piece. Uh, yeah, you don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be regretting that you said that. I know. I see now. Oh, my God, Becky. <laughs> but anyway, so moving past that. Actually, the only other thing really to talk about other than Nesta and Cassian, which <laughs> we kind of already, you know. Yeah. Um, is... The, basically the where we ended <laughs> which was that, that nice little sexy scene yes that made me want to go oh my god no <laughs> which we don't really have to talk about because, no but you know, there's nothing really plot or, you know changing with that yeah you know they're a couple they're married they'll do what they're they want so, yeah but cute and romantic she was pretty sore from learning to fly and falling hitting trees and falling and getting splinters in the hands and falling. And then that's when he told her about the little story about them and that, you know, she was trying to get her clothes off to get in the hot tub so she could soak. And Reese pretty much stripped her, put her in the tub, and, you know, with the blink of an eye, boom, her clothes were gone. He picked I her up. I I could do that. I know, right? It'd be a lot easier. Or that and scratch the back that I can't reach. Cause I'm short. He gives her a massage. He get, oh, well, I'm not. I'm oh, sorry. Getting ahead of myself. Yes, cheese, and you talk about me. <laughs> and um, you know, and then he goes and does something. Oh, he goes and gets all the herbs and everything, which I didn't know until after he, he comes back. But so he leaves her in the tub, and he comes back, and she kind of falls asleep, and he puts a hand on her and says, "Okay, get out of the tub." And he towel dries her off and down. She still has her wings out. She's just so exhausted. She's so exhausted that she lays down on her stomach on the bed. And he starts giving her a massage and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one thing leads to another. And that's not the only... His, her back's not the only thing he massaged. Yeah, and that's all we're going to say about that right and, now. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but there's just certain moments, like, when we're in the car, and, and things that she, Her expressions and things that she says. You were just like, oh, my God! I know. It's like, oh, God, not this now. Because <laughs> I'm shy! <laughs> I, I may talk about certain things to some people. I may say some things... But it's because I get a little bit of, okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to say it, and I'll just say it. But if a guy came up to me, and, and I knew him, and we've been talking for a while, and he, he even touched me in one way or the other, I, even looking at him, I, I wouldn't be able to speak. <laughs> and she's a witness to that. Oh, yeah. She's seen that a few years back. There was a guy, like, we went to a, an Asian function, and I knew the person, and I knew him very well, <laughs> and I couldn't go up and talk to him, and then when we did actually talk to him, I, uh, it, 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 
I, yeah, no. <laughs> and so God forbid if it's anything sexy <laughs> or, or naughty <laughs> or sensual, I, I'd be like, yeah, no. <laughs> because I'm still pretty innocent when it comes to that. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, that's where we left off. Yeah, basically, I mean, looking out the window going, oh, hell no. That was the end of and, 29. And, and the last thing I remember that he goes down on her. Oh my god. I think it was because you weren't expecting it. No, I was like, not. Whoa. I was like, oh, that's nice. He's giving her a massage because she ran in a couple of trees and then the, you know, and going, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, you know, then he holds her because he doesn't want to take advantage of her, you know, sore body. And pound her good, but you know, and you know, God, <laughs> and he folds her wings in and pulls her in, which he does that at the end, right? Yeah, yeah and her holds end. her. And the, you know, they talk about whatever the last line was. So he, oh, yeah, well, she was just saying like how nice this, it is, right? Right, like, like can she we was, do this? Like, because more, they're so like involved more. with like, there's always something happening. There's always something going on. And there's I, a war going on right. now. And she just wished they had more time together. Just, yeah, they could just, just spend time and not worry about, about anything. Right, and that would be me. You know, if some guy was gonna hold me while I slept, you know, I would want more of that because, first off, I don't one. I don't need a man. I have done very well on my own, and I can prove it. But two, I want a man. I want a real man, not a guy that is an asshole. I want someone that can make me laugh. Someone that, you know, makes me smile. Someone that just allows me to be me and I let him be him. And we both can talk to one another and we both can do things together. We have the same interests, but yet we have things that are different and we're willing to learn from one another and... And hell, if he wants to hold me every night while we sleep, I'd be all for it. <laughs> it's just like, but there might be a moment that I might roll. <laughs> I do normally sleep on my side, but I don't know what it is, but lately I've been rolling to my back. I rolled to my back twice last night and woke myself up. <laughs> but anyway, you didn't need to know that. But I'm just saying, you know, I want what she had in that moment you know that you cuddle. just you just want that relationship I, well yeah so i mean so does to everybody me, to me that's like one of the most perfect beautifully written fantasy relationships that could actually turn into a real life relationship mm -hmm. because if two people can communicate with one another talk to you know talk whether it's talking whether it's sexual whether it's working they they've got a good ebb and flow you know they both flow like water through the river over rocks and everything they're not letting things catch them up and if mm -hmm. something does trump them they're willing to talk about it and move past it right you know that's what anyone in their right mind would want for a relationship mm-hmm you don't need someone that's going to tell you what the hell to do. You want someone that's going to allow you to be free and be you. Mm -hmm. You know? So, but there's people out there that don't want somebody 
like that. They want they want to be that person that tells the other person what to do. And I'd be saying, see you later, <laughs> Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. We have come to the end of this episode. We have, we're now on chapter 30. To the end <laughs> of the road. Oh, sorry. I, I can't help it. I was there. <laughs> so. Yes. We're now on chapter 30. Through. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, We'll try to do more like this. Now that we've kind of got. Yeah, we, 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 got, we got the hang of it. We're getting there. And, and we're going to be recording. Some yes. more podcasts that are, like, book-related, but they're also psychologically related. Yes. So we're going to do video and audio. So if you want to take us on the road with you, you'll hear the audio on our on the podcast sites that we send our podcast to. And if you'd like to sit in front of a video screen or TV or monitor or whatever you want to call it, your little phone, mm -hmm. and watch us. You know, why I don't know, but <laughs> and you know, check out our video and how we respond to one another, how we react to one another. And yes, sometimes I talk with my hands, so that's why I try to hold them <laughs> because they <laughs> signing was something I was used to, but I'm not used to it anymore. So now I speak of Italian, not <laughs> Channeling your mom from downstairs, evidently. <laughs> and I'm getting hungry. Me that too. That Taurus in me is hungry. So that is the sign that we are going to say goodbye. Yes. So, Go. thank you. See you later. Bye. Much love. Thank you for following <laughs> us. Subscribe, whatever. And bless it be. Bless it be. And if you would like to contact us, you may do so at our email, eclecticsoulpodcast at gmail.com our instagram account is eclectic soul podcast our facebook is eclectic soul.org our youtube is eclectic soul jen if you want to reach me my personal website is music and mystery my soundcloud is the soundcloud page the soundcloud.com slash Jennifer dash Feltman. My Facebook is at music and mystery and my Instagram is at music and mystery. And if you would like to reach me personally, my Facebook is at just call me Jinjin. My Instagram is at call me Jinjin or look for goddess. And my Twitter is at Jen Sullivan. Thank you and have a blessed day. Blessed be.